Blog Talk Radio. I gotta slow down. Stop for a second, take a look around. Well, hello. We pray that there is something hello. You in the broadcast. Well, hello. hello. We're so glad that you are able to join us here tonight at Word Alive. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2016. Can you hear me, Ella? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you. I'm joined by my co-host, Ella. How are you tonight, Ella? I am blessed. And how are you? I'm doing great. I wanted to make sure you could hear me because I'm using a, a mic that I've never used before. I didn't know if it worked or not. So yeah, that I wanted to make good. sure. Great, great. Well, um, we're almost at the end of January, believe it or not. We only have one more Thursday left in January. So 2016 is off and running. And I hope that everybody is off and running with it because whether you run with 2016 or not, it's going to keep right on moving. So you might as well catch up with it. Well, we started talking last week, Ella, about change. Uh huh. We were talk. We were talking about how people have such fear and such struggle with change. And uh, we know that if you're going to live in this world. Change is always going to take place because uh, even if you choose that you don't want to change, for example, like I said, 2016 is off and running. So let's say I choose, well, you know what? I don't want to move forward into 2016. You know what? 2016 is not going to stop moving because you decide you don't want to move forward in 2016. And that's the way, that's the same way change is. Change is going to happen whether you choose to be a participant of change or not. 
And when I say that, I don't mean that every time a change takes place in the world that we live in, we have a, we have to gravitate to that change or embrace that change or agree with that change. But I am saying that we have to choose to change. And uh, as the world is changing around us, the world has changed so much around us. Uh, society have changed. We talked about it a little bit last week about the political arena have changed so much in you know, our government has so much more control and so much more power over the daily elements of our life than it used to. And it's like we have to learn to deal with change. We don't have to agree with everything around us that changed, but you definitely have to learn how to deal with it. And you have to learn who are you going to be and what choices are you going to continue to make in the midst of the change that's going on around you. Amen. Some of the change that take place, we definitely don't agree with it. But the thing about it is whether you agree with it or not, you have to choose what stance are you going to take. And so if, I, if, 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 if something makes a change in my life that I don't agree with and I choose to stand against that change, I have to make a firm commitment to my stance or eventually the change will overtake me and cause me to gravitate to something that I don't want to gravitate to. Now, some change is good and some change is bad. All change is not bad. Some changes that I'm 60 years old, so I've been around for a little while, and some changes that I've seen take place in this world has been absolutely horrible. The outcome has been horrible. And some change that I've seen take place in this world has been absolutely phenomenally wonderful and great. And then some changes that I've seen take place in the world can be good or bad depends on depending on who is utilizing that change and what they choose to do with it. For example, uh the multimedia world that exists today, uh the internet, computers and all of that kind of stuff. It's not that computers are evil or wicked or the internet is evil or wicked or songs are evil or wicked, but it's what you do with them. And so, like, we've seen music make drastic changes over the years. And then we've seen music make transitions uh, from one thing to another and then going back to where it started years ago. So we see it, like, make cycles. And then, like, we've seen the Internet truly explode. I remember when I first heard about the Internet, it was really new. A lot of people weren't on it. And when you got on it, it looked a whole lot of different. It looked a whole lot different than what it looks like today. And uh, a lot of people will not get on the internet. A lot of people will not use the internet because they say it's it's evil, it's wicked. But I will still say the internet is not evil. It's not wicked. But people with evil and wicked intent utilizes it for those things. But there are other people who utilizes it for good. There's a lot of good on the Internet. You can take books, for example. Books has been around for many, many, many years. You can't say, oh, books is evil because you pick up a book and it's full of evil stuff. You can't generalize and say books are evil. No. There are some books that is full of evil writing uh, from the heart of an evil person. But there are some books that are full of very good things. 
There are some books you can give a five-year-old child who's just learning how to read, and it will uh, edify them or bring entertainment to them. And there's other books that you will burn before you let a five-year-old open the cover of it, whether they can read it or not, even just the pictures, because it's things that you don't want to infiltrate their mind at their age. They're not able to handle it. And there are some things that if you're 100 years old, the wickedness in it, you still don't want to be exposed to it, (laughs) you know. So change uh, brings with it choices. You know, some changes are thrust upon us. We're kind of forced into it. For example, the new, um, well, this is not the greatest example, but let's take a look at uh, affordable health care. That's a change that has a lot of people in uproar. That's a change that has done a lot of good for some people, but at the same time has done some bad for other people. There are some people today that have health insurance because of affordable health care who didn't have it for years before affordable health care came into existence. But then there's other people who had good health care before affordable health care came into existence, and they lost that good health care that they had and had to go down to a uh, not as good of health care, or they had to start start paying a whole lot more money for the same health care that they had. And some people had to pay more money but then got less health care coverage for the more money that they were paying. So that change that took place have had all different kind of effects on people. And you can kind of say it's like something that was thrown on you whether you wanted it or not. And in a way, it sort of has because if I choose, well, I don't want to participate in affordable health care, and you still pay income taxes, when you file your income taxes, they will charge you for not participating in health care, not affordable health care, but for not participating in getting, if you don't have any health coverage whatsoever, you have to pay a penalty. And I, I don't know the the full details of it, but I'm thinking that the reason why you have to pay a penalty is because they're making health care available to everybody by causing everybody who can afford to pay something into it, to pay something into it, whether you want it or not, whether you want to use health care or not. Because, I mean, if I made enough money to not buy health insurance, I wouldn't buy health insurance. I would just go to the doctor and pay for it myself. But if I chose to do that, I probably would pay a penalty because that means that I'm not giving into the pot that makes it able that everybody in the United States can have health coverage. And I know some people who have absolutely wonderful health coverage now, who had absolutely no health coverage before whatsoever. They can get glasses now. They can get their teeth taken care of now. They can get all of their medical issues taken care of now, where before they they was just like thrown to the side and said, well, you don't have no money, you can't pay, we can't see you or whatever. That's, you know, the type, that's that level of service that they got, nothing. And so for some people it's done a lot of good, and for some people it's done, you know, some bad. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to continue to work on it to get some of the quirks out and to make it more, to adjust it, to make it more accommodating for everybody. Because I do believe that everybody in America ought to be able to get health care if they need it. 
They ought to be able to go to a doctor if they're sick and need to find out what's wrong with them. Or, you know, they ought to be able to go to a holistic doctor if that's what they choose to go to. They ought to be able to get help if it's something wrong with them. I do believe that. However, I kind of believe it's wrong to make somebody pay for health care if they don't want really want health care because people who really don't want health care, they're not going to use it. I don't care how much you make them pay for it. There are some people that just don't believe in going to doctors, and they're not going to go to a doctor no matter how sick they get. So that kind of thing, you know, is very weighty on both sides. And so, but there are other things in life. There are other changes that take place in the world that we live in that you're going to have to make some concrete choices which side that you want to be on because the choices that you make kind of is going to determine the outcome of your life. You know, it's like, for example, if somebody that you really love dies, you have a choice to make. You can either choose to stay in grief and have pity parties for the rest of your life, or you can choose that just because this person whom I I love dearly died, it doesn't mean that I have to stop living. Yeah, you have been dealt a hand that's caused a drastic change to take place in your life. However, it does not mean that it has to be the end of your life. And I know some of you who may have lost a truly um, a loved one that you really depend on right now is, is saying you just don't understand. You've never lost anyone close to you or else you would never would be able to say that. Well, you know what? Uh, I have lost people that was very, very dear to me and that was extremely important in my life. But uh, like I said, it's a choice that you can make. And people, they think they'll make a statement like, it's not a choice I can make. I can't help how I feel when this person died. Well, we can help how we feel. You know, a lot of people, that's the biggest problem in the world. We let our feelings control us. Yeah, you can help how you feel. Yes, grief is real. Grief is real. However, you can choose not to allow grief to overtake you and to over control and to control you for the rest of your life. It's a choice that you make. And while you're under grief and while you're submitting to grief, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying something like that because while you're in that place, you feel like you have no control over it. Oh yeah, you have control over it. You can choose to come out from underneath it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and I'm not saying that you make that decision one day and you might not have to make it again the next day until you get on top of it. But there are things that happen to us in our life that we have to choose to live in spite of it. We have to choose that I'm not going to let this be the end of me. I'm not going to let this be the death of me. You know, there are people that basically give up on everything because somebody that they love died. There are people that blame God because their parents died. You know, I know somebody who was pretty up in age when her mother died. And her mother was probably in her 90s when she died. Well, when her mother died, she blamed God for taking her mother from her. How long do we think our parents are supposed to live? No, we don't want our parents to leave us. But the bottom line is they're not going to live forever. We're not going to live forever. 
Death is real. Uh-oh. I'm sorry about that. I dropped my dropped my earphones. Death is real. And the quicker we accept the fact that death is a real thing, it plays a real role in all of our lives, the quicker we can start getting over it when somebody we really, really love dies instead of letting it overtake us and stop us from living our life. Anything bad in life or anything that we consider bad or anything that changes the way we live our life from day to day, we can allow to overtake us if we choose to. I don't care how great it is or how small it is. It could be something minor or it can be something great. It could be, you know, the death of a parent, the death of a, a, a real close friend that you talk to every single day, maybe five times a day in your life. It could be the death of a spouse who you've been with for 50, 60 years. It could be the death of a sibling who you were really close to. It could be uh, spending 10 years looking for a mother or a father or a child, and then you find them the day after they die. Uh, It could be going to a church for 20 years and really kind of have a really strong attachment to that ministry and to that pastor, and that pastor has a sudden heart attack and dies without warning, and nobody is set in place to take over, and it throws the church into chaos. It could be um, going to work one day, and your boss calls a meeting and walks in and says, this is everybody's last day. I'm closing the business down as of today. There's a lot of things that could be extremely drastic that could cause a, an immediate sudden, unexpected, what we consider really bad change to take place in our life. Amen. But I, sub- I submit to you that you do not have to let it take you down. You can make a choice to live your life to the fullest in spite of that change, that drastic, unexpected change that have taken place that would would definitely make the landscape of your life different than it was the day before. Do you have any comments on this, Ella? Yeah, I am very much in agreement with change. And uh, as you finish giving all your uh, examples of change, we'll go into what change looks like in the eyes of God. So we only got 10 minutes, right? Yep, we just got 10 minutes left. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, so what I'm trying to get you to understand is that faced with changes that make it seem like there's no way we can rise up again, I would like to say that there absolutely is a way that you can rise up again. Life can continue in spite of horrible changes that take place in your life. Um, life can continue and you can actually get to the place where you, you wake up every morning looking forward to life again. 
because you chose not to let that change or not to let that loss take you out. It's a choice. Our life is all about choices, even changes that take place. It's all about choices. You have to choose. You have to choose to live. Believe it or not, every day that you wake up, you have to choose to live. And when I say choose to live, I don't mean take the next breath, so to speak. I mean choose to reach out and grab life and live for real. And so over, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be dealing with the process of change for a believer, for someone who believes that Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son, whom he sent into the world to live as a man, to live in human flesh, so that we could be changed. And so that we could be changed for real. And so that we could be changed to live life to the fullest in spite of whatever takes place in our life, in spite of whatever else happens, in spite of who comes, who goes, in spite of who loves you or who leaves you, who loves you or who hates you, who treats you right or who treats you bad, you can still live life to the fullest because of a change that have taken place within you, because you believe on the only begotten son, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God who created us and gives us the breath of life every day that we live. Life is a gift from God given unto man. It's not something that we are old, so to speak, It's not something that we own, so to speak. It's something that is granted us by God. And the choice of what we want to look like at the end of that journey that we call life is up to us, no matter what happens during the course of our life, no matter how we are treated good or how we are mistreated. It doesn't really matter. The end of your life and the outcome of your life is because of the choices that you make. And God has a plan. He has a plan to make sure that the end of your life is good and not evil. However, we have choices in this process that God will not override. We have to choose life. We have to choose to live. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You have to choose who you're going to serve. And a lot of people say, well, I don't serve God. I don't serve Satan. I don't serve nobody. I just live my life and mind your own business. Yes, you're serving somebody. And if you say you're serving you, and that's the only thing or only only person or only power that you serve is you yourself, The reality of it is you have chosen not to live. You have Mm. chosen not to participate in life. 
Because the life that we are born into when we are born into this world is not really life. We're born into a state of being that will allow us to get to the point where we can choose life when the truth has been introduced to us, when the light has been shined upon the darkness that we are born into. But if we choose not to choose life, if we choose not to come into agreement with the plan of our maker, we're literally choosing to stay in death. Yeah, yeah. We're choosing not to live. And when I encounter something dramatic in my life that just shakes my very foundation, I have to choose again whether I want to live or whether I want to let this take me out. And what I mean by that is whether I want to be a participant in real life or whether I just choose to lay down and surrender to my feelings of defeat, grief, overwhelming pity, depression, pain, even if it's pain in my physical body, mental pain, mental abuse, physical abuse, uh, whatever it is that has been sent to take you out and to steal from you. Amen. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. The latter part of that is our scripture for this uh, broadcast, Word of Life. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. But it's your choice. You can choose life. Or you can choose to allow the thief to steal, kill, and destroy anything good in your life. Anything righteous, anything that would give you a good outlook on life. But the choice is actually yours. Amen, Ella. The choice is actually ours. So, Ella, you can have closing comments and take us out tonight. All righty. Well, the most powerful thing about choice is God gives everybody a choice. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. And, you know, it's that choice that empowers us. It is that choice that paralyzes us. It is our choices and information, necessary information is the greatest weapon. You shall, you shall know the truth, and the truth mm-hmm. will make you And we, as we look unto the Lord Jesus, that is, we're looking for truth. Choice is good, choice is bad. I mean, the outcome is good and bad, but uh, all of them work together for our good. Every one of them, no matter what it is, it works together. All things work together for our good. And choices are the things that empower us and set us apart as human beings. From Even animals have choices. Coming at you, something happens, they choose to divert their path. So, you know, if this is an amazing topic, very powerful in terms of the ability that we have as human beings to make our lives better and different than the pathway that we could be traveling that is not productive for us. Amen? 
and we love you, and we appreciate you listening because we're going as we explore this topic. There's going to be enlightenment that will empower us on our journey and uh, bring us closer to the will of God and His plan for our lives. And we look forward to seeing you next week. And we are going to be embracing more choices and more empowerment because God wants us to be more than conquerors, Christ Jesus. God bless you. God be with you. May his hand be upon you. And may your heart be ever enriched by the light that's in the word of God. God night, all. God night, all. See you next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Invite a friend.